In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Maybe some of you have heard of Susan Miller. Apparently, she is one of the most popular astrologists in New York City, and she's especially influential for the fashionistas in New York City. She consults with fashionistas about what, about what the new trends are going to be. Emily Barnes, who recently gave an interview for New York Magazine, talks about how influential she is in the fashion industry here in New York City. And, and this is a quote from her interview there. I discovered her when I was shooting a campaign for Bloomingdale's in New York. It was the first of the month when Susan puts her horoscopes up, and the studio literally didn't start shooting until everyone had read their Susan Miller. In a sense, Susan Miller is a modern-day magi, because what she does is she reads the stars to predict future events. She's, she's an astrologer, right? So while we could say that astrology remains popular, Still today, you can still read your horoscope in the daily paper. Despite the popularity of astrology today, long ago the scientific community rejected it as junk science. Astronomy, which is the mother of astrology, still remains a scientific study. It's the study of, of the stars and anything outside of Earth's atmosphere. But astrology, which is based on astronomy, tries to use the study of astronomy to make guesses about what will happen in the future. And long ago, scientists threw it on the junk heap. It's just not respected anymore. So, so today, a scientist might read their horoscope or what an astrologist writes with a knowing smirk on his or her face, kind of like they read the comics. For them, it's nothing more than something that you read about in a Harry Potter novel. But long before the scientific community rejected astrology as a science, really during the Enlightenment period, the Jews embarrassed astrologists, or the Magi. Do you remember Daniel embarrassing the Magi during his time with them? Remember the story of King Nebuchadnezzar? King Nebuchadnezzar, he had a very strange dream, and he went to the Magi of the day, and he said, could you please interpret this dream for me? And they couldn't. So King Nebuchadnezzar thought, well, what good are you to me if you can't interpret my dream? So he decreed, all of the Magi, all of the wise men will be executed. Well, in comes Daniel to the rescue, and he says, King Nebuchadnezzar, just give me a little time. Let me inquire of God. Not the stars, of God. And God answered his prayer. Daniel was able to interpret the dream, and because of that and other things, King Nebuchadnezzar, the Bible says this, placed Daniel in charge of all the wise men. So, Daniel became living proof that astrology is junk. That God and his powerful word is so much better 
than someone trying to read the stars and then predicting future events. So the Jews have a saying. As a result of Daniel's interaction with Magi, they say anyone who learns from a Magi is worthy of death. Did you hear that? Anyone who learns from a Magi is worthy of death. So, so Jews, at least ancient ones, do not learn from Magi. Magi learn from the Jews. And Lutherans are in agreement with the Magi about reading horoscopes. Martin Luther, when he was asked about the worthiness of Magi and astrology by a friend, he, he responded in this way. Esau and Jacob were born of the same father and mother, at the same time and under the same planets. But their nature was wholly different. You would, and you would persuade me that astrology is a true science? See, Lutherans, like Jews, have always rejected astrology as a sin against the second command. Try reading your horoscope to a Lutheran pastor and you might get a deadpan stare. And that's the ultimate condemnation from a Lutheran pastor. So let's just review for just a second. Astrology remains popular today. The scientific community has absolutely rejected it. Jews have embarrassed Magi to such an extent that they say anyone who learns from a, from a Magi is worthy of death. And Lutherans have always maintained that it is a sin against the second commandment. So why in the world does Matthew, who writes to Jews and Lutherans, include a story about Magi in Matthew chapter 2? It's obvious, isn't it? He wants us to learn something from them. And, and if we don't learn something from them today, we're going to miss out on something big time. So let's, with that in mind, let's see what we can learn from the Magi today by taking a look at Matthew chapter 2. And, and I, I invite you to, if you'd like to follow along, we're going to be looking at these verses, page 4 in your bulletins. We'll be looking at these verses a little bit at a time. Here's what it says, beginning at verse 1 in Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you... Bethlehem and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out for them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. 
Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Allow me to, to, to explain to you in the very crassest terms what happened here. The Magi read the tea leaves and took off on an incredible journey. Think about the information that they had before they struck out on this journey. They had a star in the sky. And then, based on that star, they wrote a horoscope of sorts. And then they struck out on a journey. It's almost as if these Magi are the Susan Millers of their day. And maybe they even wrote in a paper like the Washington Post saying something like this, we saw a bright star in a fish constellation. And this fish constellation happens only every millennia or so. And the last time it happened was when Abraham was born. And Daniel, who was our teacher long ago, said that we are to expect a Jewish Messiah. So a great man must have been born. We've seen it in the stars. Based on this information, based on a star, with a very rudimentary working knowledge of the Jewish Messiah, and I, and I say that because they didn't even know where the Messiah was to be born. Remember, they had to, to stop and ask directions. Where is this Messiah going to be born? They just take off and make this sort of incredible journey all the way to Jerusalem. So we could say that these guys, these magi, had an absolute poverty of knowledge about the Christ. And yet, in their poverty of knowledge about the Christ, they traveled more boldly and they rejoiced more joyously, and they gave more generously than maybe we have seen in a long time. I say they traveled boldly because think about what they did. They went on a journey that was probably more than a thousand miles long, the equivalent of walking from New York City to St. Paul, Minneapolis, next to a camel. And they slept next to campfires. And they risked their lives on highway robbers based on a horoscope written on a bright star in the sky. I say that they, they rejoiced more joyfully than I've seen in a long time because the Bible says this, when the star reappeared, St. Matthew said, they were overjoyed. So they were, they were filled up from top to bottom like a glass is filled with water, with joy, because this star was leading them to the Savior. I say that they gave more generously than maybe we've seen in a long time because they didn't offer something that they got off of oriental trading. They offered to the king gold and incense and myrrh, gifts that are only fit for a king. So in their poverty of knowledge, they traveled relentlessly and boldly. They rejoiced joyfully and they gave generously. Contrast their poverty of knowledge, these magi, 
with the people who knew everything about the Christ. Because those people are in this lesson too. Herod went to the people who are supposed to know everything about the Christ, and he asked them about the Christ. This is what happened, it says in Matthew chapter 2. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. Of course they knew. Like any good Lutheran sitting here today, the Jewish, the Jewish leaders, they knew. They could, they could rattle off, well, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. But they knew more than that. They knew that he would bring peace. They knew that he would suffer. They knew that he would rise from the dead. They knew all of these things about the Christ, and yet none of them scratched their head. These people who have a rich knowledge about Christ, none of them scratched them head, their head and said to themselves, well, maybe, just maybe, I should not make, not a thousand-mile journey, but, but the seven-mile journey from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to find this king. And maybe, just maybe, we should be filled with joy because our king has finally come after so much time. And maybe, just maybe, none of them scratched their head and said, maybe, just maybe, we should, we should give to this child our best, like gold, incense, and myrrh. Instead, what we see from the people who knew everything about Christ is silence. Nothing at all. That's what St. Matthew reports. Nothing at all. The only thing that the Bible says about these people is that they were troubled. That's how far they had fallen from their knowledge of Christ. They, they were troubled that this child had been born. We know more than the Magi did. We're, we're not reading tea leaves or horoscopes or stars in the sky to know about him. We know more than the Jews did, too. The Jews, they had the prophecies. That's it. They had the prophecies about the Christ. But we not only have the prophets, we have the apostles. We have the eyewitness account of this Christ coming and living perfectly for us, of this Christ dying on the cross like the Scriptures say, of this Christ rising from the dead like the Scriptures say. And we are the Lutheran church, too. We're the sola scriptura church. We have a rich knowledge, a rich liturgical Lutheran knowledge of Christ that I think is unparalleled on the face of the earth. We have a rich knowledge about Christ. There's no arguing that. But what do we do with it? What do we do with it? Sometimes people say about a church that prides themselves on orthodoxy that they are dead in orthodoxy. They have all the right teachings, and I believe that we do. But then what do they do with them? Do they bother to, to fall on their knees and worship Christ? Do they, do they bother to be filled with joy? Do they bother to, to bring the very best that they have, gold, incense, and a myrrh? Does the knowledge, the rich knowledge of Christ, pass from the head and into the heart? Sometimes it doesn't. And the Bible says about those type of people, who, people who, who are Orthodox and Lutheran, 
but the knowledge doesn't pass from their head to their heart that, that they're lukewarm and that God will spit them out of their mouth. And that's why, that's what we can learn from the Magi, not to be dead in orthodoxy, but to take our knowledge and to respond. So we need to see this child through the eyes of the Magi today. What did the Magi see? For them, they saw a bright star in the sky. And that represented to them a once-in-a-world event. An earth-shaking event that was going to change the world. So they went on an incredible journey. And then the star reappeared over the house of Jesus. And when they inquired, I'm sure they asked Mary and Joseph, when was this child born? And it was on the exact day that this incredible constellation, this star, appeared in the side. You see what God is doing? He spoke to them in a language that they understood with astrology, and he confirmed it with his word. So for these magi, there was nothing bigger, nothing more important than understanding who this child was. And we know so much more than the magi did. We, knew, we know now what this child was going to come and do that he would come and take care of the poor and heal the sick and raise up from the dead those who had died. And that this man would go to the cross and die for the sins of the world, for you and for me, and that this man would be the first person to rise from the dead on his own power. A life-changing, earth-shattering event that was announced with a star. So what are you going to do with that knowledge? That's maybe the question for 2014. What are we, Sure Foundation, what are we going to do with the riches of our knowledge about Christ? Let's worship him. Let's give to him generously. Let's be filled with joy today. I mean, think about it. Think about what people do with the knowledge of a horoscope. It's really incredible what they do. Some people, some people will make Large, ridiculous investments because their horoscope tells them to. Some people will end their marriage because they found out that their partner, who's Gemini, isn't compatible with Aries or something like that. People will do incredible things based on a horoscope. Some people will travel over a thousand miles, fall on their faces in front of a little boy, and give to him incredible gifts. What are we going to do with the knowledge of not a horoscope, but our knowledge from the scriptures about Christ who came to live and die for us. What will we do with that? 